Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So, hey, we've been in the One Another series, um, man, for about two and a half months now. Uh, I've done eight messages on that. Um, I don't want a whole lot of applause, but this is the last one on the One Another series today. And I want to end with kind of the one that kind of seals the deal. Not that the other ones were not important. They are all very, very important. But I kind of saved this one for last. And this one is pray for one another. Pray for one another. Very important one another for the church today. For the church individually and the church corporately. Now, I want you to understand something. This is an area that the enemy has stolen some serious turf. This is some area right here where he messes with a lot and lots of people. We, and we'll cover this in a little bit, real practical, relevant kind of stuff, nothing earth-shattering, but just stuff I want you to get. The enemy right here, this is where he steals the most. He steals this pray for one another thing. And I want you to hear a couple of lies that the enemy will say over you. And if you're not careful, even as believers, you will begin to believe them. Okay? Lies like this. This, this relationship is between me and God. It's a private thing. It's none of your business what goes on in my life. I don't need anyone else. I have to be strong. You know, every one of those would absolutely impress John Wayne. But that's not what we're after here, okay? Might get you on to be a poster child of a, a, a cigarette pack or something. But, but listen to me. We live in a world that builds and feeds individuality. It wants you to be solo. And I've said many times, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Amen. And if you think you're going to go out there in that world and live this Christian life solo and you don't need anybody, you're getting your chili smoked because you can't do this thing on your own. You were not built and made and created to do it on its own. Listen to me. You were made individually, but he made you to be a part of the church, to be a part of the kingdom to be beside one another. Listen, you cannot sharpen yourself. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So you can't be solo in this thing. And this is not a private thing. I know you might come to Christ individually, but this is not to be lived individually. It's to be lived out with brothers and sisters in Christ. And you've got to understand that we're here to help each other. We're here to make each other strong. There's times, man, you won't be able to hold your arms up. Someone will hold them up for you. There's times you don't have to be strong. They'll be strong for you. 
But you've got to flush this mindset of it's my business, it's none of your business, it's my relationship, it's none of your business, and I'll do my own thing. And if I need your help, I'll call you. You've got to lose all that stuff. I want you to go to Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9 and 10. I want you to listen to the word. But he says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power rests on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When you acknowledge that you're weak and can't do it, others, brothers and sisters, come along you and pray for you and lift you up, then you find you're strong. In your weakness, he exalts himself. Listen to me. When we ask for prayer, when we ask people to pray for us, when we pray for one another, what we're doing is we're giving God permission to exalt himself. See, otherwise... We're what's exalted. That's not what it's supposed to be. So I want to run through some real practical things. If you're a note taker, these will be easy for you. Number one, we have got to ask for prayer. The church today has got to ask for prayer. Galatians 6.2 says this, bear one another's burdens or carry one another's burdens. You've got to let or letting or allowing one another to agree with you in prayer. You've got to let or allow one another to cover you in prayer. Let me tell you, there's one word that will keep you from asking someone to pray for you, cover you, and agree with you in prayer. There is one word that will keep you from doing it. And many of you already know what it is. It's called pride. Pride will choke you out. Pride will choke you out. Jesus said you got to humble yourself before the Lord. When you humble yourself before the Lord, you will allow one another to come alongside of you, cover you, agree with you, and pray with you. As long as you think you need nobody, he will let you need nobody. Just saying. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do something. As long as you think you need no one, he will let you need no one. And I'm going to tell you, there's many, many, many people who have made a really bad choice in being solo. And for some, it's costing them lives. It's costing them lives. We've got to ask for prayer. You say, well, man, if I ask for prayer... I'm a West Texas cowboy, and I put my boots on, I put my jeans on, and I whip my horse, and I rat up cows, and, and I don't need nobody. If it snows, I plow it. All right? Well, that's all great, John Wayne, but here's the deal. You still might need somebody to come alongside you and pray for you, and you got to be big enough boy to ask. Asking for prayer is not weakness. Asking for prayer is strength. The enemy will tell you weak, but Jesus says in his word, when you're weak, he's strong. When you humble yourself, he exalts himself. As long as you are exalted, <laughs> he ain't going to mess with you. He'll just let you just walk around in pride. 
But we've got to understand, we've got to ask for prayer. And pride will keep you from doing it. Number two, you got praying over one another. I want you to go to James. Praying over one another. It's a beautiful thing the church does. Praying over one another. Look at James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Look at verse 13 through 16. If any one of you is in trouble, he should pray. You're like, duh. Right? That's the only time some of you pray. Right? Is anyone happy? Let, I'm sorry. If any of you is happy, let him sing songs of praise. If you're like me, I don't sing, I hum, okay? But, but sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And a prayer offered in faith will make one sick well, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may, not, for, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. One of the things we have here is elders. One of the things we have here is men that you call us, we'll run to you and pray over you. But we're not going to go knock on your door and say, I know your marriage is a wreck. We like to come inside of us, all eight of us. You don't even know us, but there's eight guys going to walk into your house because your house is a wreck and we already know it. And we're going to pray for your marriage because you won't because you're full of pride. We're not going to do that. Probably needs to be done sometimes. Sometimes you got to let the church, listen to me, you got to let the church be the church. You got to let the church be the church. You say, well, preacher, you, you ever done that? <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. Many times. If we're going to be people, <laughs> We're going to be people that say we want to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Well, can I help you with something? Don't hear what I'm saying. Do what the word says. The word says, call them to come anoint me with oil and pray over me. You say, well, that's kind of out there. <laughs> we'll help you, okay? We have gone to many, many, many homes. We've gone to many places and done this. We've had people meet us up here and do this. There are 14 life groups in this church, and every life group in this church, there's an opportunity for that life group to gather together on occasions and do this when needed. I have a bottle of oil I keep in my desk all the time, and I'll whip it out anytime I need to. You say, well, that magic, magic stuff? No, it's not magic stuff. It's called Bible stuff, okay? I, I, listen, you give me a can of Crisco, I'll put it on your forehead and pray over you, okay? But if the Bible tells me to anoint you, your head with oil, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up under that. I'm going to anoint your head with oil. And if God chooses by his will to heal you supernaturally, then you go sing a song for him. If he chooses to use a doctor to do it, then you go say, thank you, doctor, and then go say, thank you, Jesus. Okay? But listen to me. We're going to do the Bible. I'm inviting you to do the Bible. The Bible says, do not suffer in silence because the enemy will isolate you and kill you. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy 
But Jesus said, I've come to give them life and give it to them more abundantly. I'm thinking this. If I get my little white hiney up under Scripture, I got a real good chance of being what? Blessed. But if I buck Scripture because I think I know and this is too radical and I'm not going to go out there and be a freak, then fine. Then suffer in silence and watch the enemy kick your face in. Some of us need to swallow some of ourselves and get up under Scripture and say, you know what? I don't have my whole head around this. I don't understand all this yet. I wasn't raised this way, but I'm going to do the Bible. If the Bible says if I'm in trouble, if I need someone, if I'm sick, I'm going to call the elders, the men in the church. We're going to anoint my head with oil. I'm going to pray over you. We did it just last week or week before here at the church during fall festival. We met a family, prayed over them in the conference room. Why? Because it says do it in the Bible. That's why we do it. You need to let the church be the church, please. That's all I'm saying. Number three. Ooh, got a rope. Number three, pray immediately. How many of you have had people say, I need you to pray for this for me? Okay, I'll pray for this. You walk off. Do you ever pray for them? I'm not asking you to show your hands. I'll stick mine up for myself, all right? I've had church people, my church, tell me they want me to pray for something. I tell them I will pray for them, and guess what I did? Forgot. He said, man, he's confessing that right in front of everybody. Yes. Some of you are like, that's why I don't tell you, Jeff, because you're not going to do it anyway. That's not what I'm saying. All right? I don't intentionally not do that, okay? But sometimes it happens. So here's what I've learned in my life. I try to take this from Nike and just do it now. Just do it. Don't go, okay, I'll do that for you. Nope, right then do it. Right then do it. I want you to listen to the scripture. Romans 8, 26, 27. This is why some people don't do it, okay? But Romans is going to help you with this. Romans 8, 26, 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that words cannot express. And he searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for his saints in accordance with God's will. You see, well, someone comes to me and they say, well, pray for this or pray for that. And you're the inside going, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what, I don't know what to say. I don't, okay, I'll pray for you. And then you don't pray. Or you think... I'm not worthy to pray for them, or I don't know how to pray for them. Can I just tell you something? You can't mess this up. Do you understand? You can't mess it up, all right? You can't mess it up. Now, I guess if you just started cussing the whole time you're praying, you'd probably mess it up. But outside of that, you're not going to mess it up because you're just going to open your mouth and the spirit that lives inside of you is going to connect with the spirit and you're going to pray according to the spirit and you're going to say exactly what God wants you to say and God's going to supernaturally do things through it. You don't have to go, well, you know, I have a prayer that I pray, but it's written out on a piece of paper and I don't have it with me. So right now I can't pray for you, but I will pray for you. You're going to forget. You're going to forget. So I'm sitting in Jimmy's Egg, 6 a.m., 6.02 a.m., just opened. And there's about three or four, there's one guy and about two girls that always open at six, and then a whole bunch of people come at seven. 
This one girl waits on me all the time, and I kind of know a little bit about her. I know her and her husband trying to buy a house, and it's been hard because uh, banks give them a tough time. They're having a tough time with that. So she comes over. She brings me a water, brings me extra napkins, and brings my coffee. And so I said, hey, you good? Doing good today? That kind of thing. She said, doing okay. I said, so how's the house thing going? Did you get your house yet? No. Bank hadn't signed off yet, but we're real frustrated. It's causing a lot of stress in the marriage, a lot, a lot. And then I got a call yesterday morning that my father, who lives out of the state, and he had a stroke. And I, I've, I think he's doing good, but I can't get there. So it's just, you know, one of those things. And so she walks off, and I'm sitting here going, wow, it's a great outline, preacher. Ask for prayer, pray for one another, pray admittedly. Won't you do what you're about to preach? I'm like, thanks, God. Appreciate that. 6.03 a.m. So she comes back up to my table after I drink a little bit of coffee. She said, would you like a warm-up? I said, yes, I would love a warm-up. And then I want to ask you something. I know this house thing's a burden for you. And I know your dad had a stroke. And I can tell it's heavy on you. So can I pray for you? And she said, that'd be awesome. So I just grabbed her hand. And right there, 6.03 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, Jimmy's egg. I just prayed for. As I'm praying, a drop hits my hand. And after I said amen, I looked up at her. She's crying. She said, I got nobody that will pray for me. No church, no nothing. I said, well, I want you to know you're precious to him. I love you. He's very concerned about every little detail of your life. And anytime you want me to pray for you, you come over here and tell me or you ask me and I'll pray for you. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, you've got those people all over your life, and you don't even know it. I could have easily just blown that off. How many people are having a hard time trying to get a home loan? How many people may have had a loved one have an illness? You say, well, honey, God loves you and, and bless you. She didn't want me to say God loves you and bless me. She wanted me to pray for her. Listen, church, be the church. Don't be scared. You can't mess it up. Open your mouth. He'll give you the words. Just pray for. Just pray for. It's not freaky. It's not super spiritual. It, don't worry. I mean, I'm not going to kick you out of restaurants or anything like that, okay? Just pray for one another. It's as good for them as it is for you. It is. A couple more things real fast. You got to pray the word. You got to pray the word. Got to pray the word. Listen to Luke 6.45. We read this last week in a whole different light. There's a good side to this scripture too. Luke 6.45. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. His mouth speaks. Now, I don't ever stand before you and claim to be the smartest man in the world. But here's what I do know. You will not vomit up what you don't put in. Amen? Listen, you ever ate something and a couple hours later it didn't like you? Well, the only thing that you can possibly get rid of is something that you put in you. All right? So you can't throw up something you're not eating. All right? So what I mean by that is this. If you put the word in 
When you go to pray, the word will come out. If you never put the word in, when you open your mouth to pray, the word won't come out. The most effective thing you can pray over somebody is the word of God. It's the greatest thing you can pray. The greatest thing you can pray. So two things that keep you from not being able to pray the word. Number one is Ephesians 5.18. It says this, Instead, don't be drunk, but instead be filled with the Spirit. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, if every single day you say, God, fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit of God, fill me fresh. God, I, I want to see what you want me to see, hear what you want me to hear. I want, you to, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit of God, I don't miss anything. So when that person says, my dad had a stroke. I can't get to him. I'm concerned about him. I say, and, the, and she walks out, the Holy Spirit goes, pray for her, preacher. Don't just preach, live. If you don't preach it, do it. Yes, sir. She comes back over, you pray for her. Now listen to me. If you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, you'll never know if the Holy Spirit even pricks you about doing anything. I've watched Tommy many times just randomly see a dude, start walk up to him and go, let me pray for you. I'm like, let me follow you while you pray for him. (laughs) That happens. And it happens the opposite way too. We get busy, someone sees something that we don't see, and all of a sudden, boom. My wife many times has said, we need to pray for that. I'm like, missed it. That's why we're one flesh. We got to pray for that. After it's over, I say, hey, good call, babe. Good call. Got to be filled with the Spirit, number one. Number two, I want you to listen to Jeremiah 15, 16. Jeremiah 15, 16. When your words came to me, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For watch this. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. When your words came to me, I ate them. Hmm. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit daily, keep it in step with him, as Paul says. And you eat the word of God. When your words came to me, I ate them. Guess what you're going to do when you have to pray? You're going to pray what you ate. (laughs) You're going to pray what you eat. I'm just telling you. You're going to pray, and when it's over, you're going to go, son, they're going to put me in the prayer hall of fame, man. That's good. All right, and then God will humble you, or you'll go home and your wife will. So, but listen to me. You can pray the Holy Spirit. You can pray in tune with the Spirit. You can pray the Word, man, and it is powerful and effective. I said this a couple years ago when I was doing that, a series on praying the Word. That's a great quote, great word here. My Word is not void of power. My word is not void of power. My people are void of speech. Come on, church. Listen, my word, God says, is not void of power. But my people, mm, they're void of speech. You see, you want to see things change in your life and around you? Eat the word and start praying the word. And I'm telling you right now, the power of God will be on display. 
absolutely rock your world. Absolutely. Last thing is this. We have walked through one another's for two and a half months. I've done eight of them. Many, many people have come up to me and said, Pastor, I want another series. It's sweet. I love it. Some of you have come up to me and said, and just recently, the one another series is good, but I have a tough time doing some of the one another's. And I said, why is some of the one another's difficult? I said, they said, well, I know I should do them. I agree with them, but it's like I can't do them. And I said, well, tell me about that. They said, well, I just feel like I try, but I'm not getting anywhere, and I'm just tired. And I said, well, could it be that the reason that the one another's is hard for you is because you've never, ever been born again? You see, here's what I mean by that. I want you to listen to John 4, 13 and 14. This is the woman at the well, and Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Instead, the water I give him will become in him a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. You want to do the one another's of Scripture? First of all, you better be born again. Because you can't do the one another's by trying harder or, you know, putting, putting your best foot forward or just trying to emulate what you see out there, what you think you should do. Because all you're going to do is just get tired, frustrated, and give up. The one another's is done through the Spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, it'll be very difficult for you to do the one another's. How are you going to forgive someone if the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of you? If you haven't been forgiven, how are you going to forgive? How are you going to be patient with someone if you don't understand the patience and grace of God? How are you going to pray for someone if you've never been born again? Here's what I mean by that. The one another's are beautiful, but unless you've been born again, the one another's will be a struggle. It'll be frustrating. So this morning, if you're sitting here and you say, Pastor, the one another's are great. I need them in my life, but I just have a hard time doing them. Or if you're sitting here saying, that's why I, I, I that's, that's the deal for me is that I've never been born again. I know that. I know there's never been a time in my life where I've given my life to Christ and been born again. And maybe today, on the eve of all the one another's that it's over, God brought you through the one another series to simply say this. If you ever want to do the one another's, you do them through my spirit that lives inside of you. And right now, my spirit doesn't live inside of you. So I need you, sister in Christ, brother in Christ, to be born again. And then it becomes a well inside of you. And it supernaturally just starts flowing out of you. So this morning, if you're here and you're saying, you know, there's never really been a time in my life. You may have gone to church. You may have even been baptized. And that's okay. Baptism is neat. But baptism that's done before salvation will only confuse you. Can I say that again? Baptism that's done before salvation will only confuse you. Baptism does not save you. Jesus saves you. And then you're baptized. That is exactly why we call it, and Scripture calls it, 
believer's baptism. So if you have baptism before salvation and you're trying to do the one another, you'll be frustrated. Give your life to Christ and be born again, then get scripturally baptized, and then go do the one another's. Do the one another's. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. If you're on the uh, ministry team this morning, I'm going to ask you to come down, take your spot. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. There's a group of folks that we always position down here at every service. You know what their job is? It's not to look at you while you look at them, all right? It's to pray for you. If you need prayer today, you come to them. They'll pray over you, all right? They'll pray over you. Maybe there's somebody in the worship center that you just want to pray, and they're not down here, and you want them to pray over you. Go to them. Maybe you're here today, and you're saying, Pastor, as soon as you pray, I'm coming down. Because I know, I know, I know that I'm not saved. I know there's never been a time in my life I've been born again. And you're not going to walk out of here today knowing that. You're going to change that today. So I invite you this morning. You come this morning. You tell anybody up here, I want to be born again, and they'll help you do that. If you want to join the church, it's a great church. You can do that this morning as well. Just come and become an official member of the church at Bush. And let me pray for you. We'll worship, and you come if you need to come. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for your presence. Father, the simple, simple act of praying for one another is what the enemy tries to keep us from. So God, today, help us to receive prayer, but to be people that pray over one another. And God, I pray for anyone that sound in my voice that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that today they don't walk out of here the same way they walked in. If they need to be born again, they'll come this morning. God, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you this time now in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.